Hey, this is Kyle Papineau. I'm the pastor of Legacy Church in Orange County, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message encourages you and it helps you experience what God is doing in your life. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Hey, if you are uh, reading out of a Bible, then do me a favor and turn to second. Where's my notes? Sorry, I'm going to. Uh, it's going to be Second Corinthians chapter 9, and we're going to read about nine verses. Now, um, don't get freaked out at nine verses, okay? We can, we can handle this. I know last week we tackled one. This one, we're going to tackle nine. It's going to be okay. Hang in there. Uh, but if you're, if you're on your phones, scroll with me uh, through these verses. It says, this is Paul speaking to the church in Corinth. He said, I really don't need to write you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem, for I know how eager you are to help. And I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. But I am sending these brothers to be sure you are really ready, as I have been telling them, and that your money is collected. I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. We would be embarrassed, not to mention your own embarrassment, if some Macedonian believers came with me and found out that you weren't ready after all that I had told them. So I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure that your gift, uh, the gift you promised, is ready. But I want it to be a willing gift, not given grudgingly. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Forever. Well, hey, today I am finishing out our series called A Heart for the House. And so, Father, I pray that this word would penetrate hearts. I know that there are people who have been planning for today for many weeks, and I pray that you would honor their faithfulness. God, I pray that you would speak in this time. And everyone said together, amen, amen. Um, a couple of, uh, of you know that my dad used to be a children's pastor. In fact, he was, he was my children's pastor, so it's been a while. Uh, and about 25, we're coming up on 25 years ago, we did this thing in kids' church. Does anybody remember BGMC? Okay, Buddy Barrel. Uh, it, was, it was a kids' mission program that, that the kids would sponsor missionaries, and, and they would help get supplies for different, uh, different missionaries' needs and things like that. And it was really cool. But I remember many times we did different, you know, campaigns to help raise money in the church. And some of them were where we painted, uh, uh, well, I was one of the, the guys that did it. We painted kids gold and silver. And, and you know the statue guys in San Francisco that just stand there frozen and they look like they're gold or, or silver or something like that? Okay. So we did that and, and the, the adults would like throw in their change into these buckets. And whenever they throw in change, then we could wave and interact with them. It was this whole thing. Uh, it's not child labor, I promise. It was just all volunteer, and we, we really loved doing it. But one year, um, you decided to give away a scooter. Do you remember this? Okay, cool. Good. He decided to give away a scooter, and, and 
the way you got the scooter was you put your name in a drawing. Well, you only got your name into the bucket by filling up an M&M's mini container. Do you guys remember the M&M mini containers? Okay, well, me being the son of my father, I found out, hey, the nickel is the thickest coin. And so, <laughs> don't get ahead of me. I went and changed all of my money into nickels so I could fill up more containers to get my name in more often to then eventually hopefully win this scooter. Well, we, we were giving, I, I don't know the amount, but to me, it was hundreds and thousands of dollars. Likely it was tens of dollars, okay? It's kids, like this is kids' church. I was probably 10, 11, 12, maybe at the max. And so I remember giving and giving and giving and then trying to go find more nickels the day of, like the morning of, we were giving more nickels. All this to say, I won the scooter. Yeah, I was really excited. I won the scooter. But you know what? 25 years later, I don't have the scooter. I know, it's crazy. I don't have the scooter. I fell many times on it. I've got scars on my knees to prove it. Uh, anybody who's ever seen me ride the scooter know that I'm not a very good scooter rider, okay? 25 years later, though, I do have a generous heart. I do have the memory of being excited to give in an offering. Yes, I was giving at the time to get a scooter, but you know what? It was also really cool to note in the moment that this money that I was raising, these nickels that I was putting together to build the biggest little mini bank I could, was going to go to help missionaries. And I don't remember the exact vehicle. I, I, I think a couple of times we actually got to hear what vehicle we were buying for the, the missionaries. But our church was giving thousands of dollars away in missions. And some of it was because kids were selling things to make money to bring to the offering. They were begging their parents to do chores. I mean, when was the last time you heard a kid beg to do chores? We would do extra work just so that we could bring more in the offering. I don't have the scooter, but I remember the lesson it taught me. It taught me to strive, to give away everything that I possibly can to make sure that people come to know Jesus. And you know what? Now I have the opportunity to pass that on. Not just to Levi, my son, but to you. We get to, we get to do this thing together. And so we've, we've been talking the last couple of weeks about a heart for the house and, and what does it mean to live a generous lifestyle. Um, but I think, I think one of the things that hit me the most last year, so we did the same thing last year. I went back and watched the service um, this week from last year just to kind of, I don't know, remember where we were. I think it's good to remember where we were a year ago. And we, we did this thing called the story of the stones. We actually built an altar together during the message, and then we ended up bringing our, our offering and laying it on the altar as a, at the end of our, our year-end expansion offering. And one of the things that hit me was how much our church has changed in a year. I mean, think about it. A year ago, we were finally kind of getting excited about maybe, maybe the COVID restrictions would loosen up. You know what I mean? Maybe some of us could go back to work a little bit more. Maybe some of us would get another job. And, and I look around this room and I see all brand new faces. I see brand new jobs represented. I see brand new families represented. And that's a powerful, powerful thing. So I know that our giving impacts those around us. But you know what? Paul brings up a, a good point. He says um, in verse, let me see here. 
Uh, da, 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 da. I'm sending these. I've been boasting. This is it. I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. If you're taking notes, which I, I hope you will, the first thing I want you to write down this morning is your enthusiasm determines your gift. Your enthusiasm determines your gift. When I saw the scooter on display, you cannot believe. I mean, I, guys, I'm not athletic. I know it doesn't, it doesn't look that way. It looks like I could run for 100 miles and be fine. I couldn't, okay? I saw the scooter, and I was enthused about the scooter. But I was also enthusiastic about bringing an offering to help people. Your enthusiasm determines your gift. If you're excited about something, you're willing to sacrifice for it. That's just the way it is. In fact, if I asked who's going to go see the new Spider-Man movie, I learned about this this morning, who's going to go see the new Spider-Man movie? Chances are, how many have bought tickets already? Okay. Enthusiasm determines your gift. If you're enthusiastic about going to see the movie, you're going to make sure that you set money aside, that you set, you block time in your schedule aside so you could go see that. You're going to make sure that you call your friends. I, I want you to see the same thing in church, that your enthusiasm determines your gift. That your enthusiasm, not just about a service, but about what God is doing in and through our church and in and through your life, it's going to determine how much of yourself you're willing to give. Yes, I'm talking about money, but I'm also talking about your spiritual gifts, your physical gifts, your time, your investment in people. Your enthusiasm is going to determine your gift. So I guess my question to you then in this portion is, Paul mentions many times how excited they were. How excited are you to give? I got one little what's up. How excited are you to give? Okay, my goal is not to bring hype here, okay? This is not hype. We are bringing hope to a world that is lost. There's a huge difference. We have to be enthusiastic about spreading the gospel. I was sitting with the mentor a couple weeks ago, and he said, enthusiasm is such a cool word because if you break it down, it's en, meaning in, theos, meaning spirit, in spirit. If you're enthusiastic, it means you are in the same spirit as what you're giving towards. Isn't that cool? So when I give to the kingdom, then I am in spirit with the kingdom. When I show that I'm excited to give, I am showing that I am in the same spirit as what Paul is talking about. He's writing to the church in Corinth thousands of years ago saying, I, 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 I've been telling people about this gift that you're bringing them. He said, in fact, I knew from a year ago that you wanted to give this gift. Now it's finally time. I'm sending people to make sure that you're ready because we're coming and I want to make a spectacle out of this. Because when people see people sacrificing towards something, they always get curious. Okay? It's just the way it is. People get curious when they see other people sacrificing towards something. You know how I know? Um, when was the last time you saw someone lose a lot of weight? The only way you lose weight is by sacrificing something. And every time someone loses weight, we ask them, hey, are you losing weight? We're curious. How are you doing it? What pill are you taking? Oh, no, 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 I'm choosing to give up this. 
Same is true in the spiritual world. When you want to go deeper. When you, when, you want, when you need to hear something from God and we start fasting and praying and giving and serving and solituding and Sabbathing, when we start doing these things and people start asking us, man, I see a lot of growth. What, what's going on? Did you take a magic pill? No, 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 no. I'm sacrificing myself. Because please don't forget that Jesus told his disciples, this is not going to be a cakewalk. In fact, you're going to need to bring a cross so that you can die on it. Bring something with you that you can sacrifice. Bring your life, bring your gifts, bring your your talent, whatever it is, but then make sure that you realize you're going to give this away. This is not going to be yours forever. We're called to give things away. So how, how excited you are about the kingdom determines how much you'll give not just in this offering today, but throughout the year. You see, here's, here's another thing. Uh, grace is a huge part of our lives. And if you don't know that, I want to challenge you to accept salvation so you can see that there has been grace on your life. But then that means that our giving is a response to grace. Isn't that cool? Our giving is in response to grace. We don't give to get a response, okay? I've mentioned before, this is, not, um, this is not extortion, okay? Please don't think that you can extort God and get away with it. First of all, you can't. He says, give to me, test me, and see that I won't, I won't pour out the blessings of heaven. Really, really difficult to extort God. But when we give, it unlocks something. We give in response to, not to get a response, Okay? We give in response to what he gave. In fact, uh, John 3.16 says this, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So we give in response to what he gave. He gave his son, we give our lives. He gave us salvation, we give him our talent. You, you see where this is going? David realized this too, and he said it this way as he was giving uh, a gift to the temple in, in First Chronicles. It says, but who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything has come from you, and we, we give you only what you first gave us. Which, by the way, when we think like we read that David was giving a gift there are some theologians that think this gift that David was giving to the temple, which, by the way, he was giving a gift to the temple. This is the king, King David, the big dude, okay, making big bucks. He's no longer a little shepherd boy. This guy owns a lot of stuff, and he's giving things to the temple to build the kingdom of God, to build a place. Because remember, the, the Israelites were coming from a place where the, 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 the church was portable, I know we don't know anything about that right now, but the church was portable, and now they're, they're giving to build a temple. Solomon, David's son, would eventually finish this temple. And by the way, not because it was gaudy, but because of their respect for God, it is estimated that three-quarters of all of the gold in the known world at the time was in the temple. So when it says that David was setting supplies aside and he was bringing an offering, theologians are... are, are thinking somewhere between like 18 to 21 billion dollars worth of stuff that David brought to the temple to make sure that the kingdom had what it needed. Isn't that cool? 
Isn't it cool that someone who had means would be willing to give? Isn't it cool that someone who had means was willing to sacrifice? There are people here today who have figured a way out to multiply their gifts. People have sold things. They've got friends and family members to match their gifts. There are people who have strategized how to give more so the work of the ministry goes forward. In fact, there are people here who are on fixed incomes who have chosen to give sacrificially to this. I want you to know, I'm not asking you to empty your bank account, but we have been leading up for three weeks to this moment today where we get to take up an offering to set our hearts posture expectantly for what God is going to do in 2022. And I'll just be honest with you. I was hoping, I have been praying that today I could stand up before you and tell you, hey, guess what? We've got a building. Yeah. We don't have to do this set up and tear down anymore. Yeah but I'm actually kind of excited that I can't because now I get to give an expectation of that. I get to give in expectation of seeing more people come to know Jesus as the Lord and Savior. I was telling the team uh, earlier as we were praying together that there have been a couple of weeks where people haven't raised their hands for salvation. And the first couple of times that it happened, uh, now almost two years ago, it really, really bugged me. But then I, I realized, like, we have a responsibility as a church, not just to make sure that lost people are saved, but that saved people are pastored. And then eventually, pastored people are discipled. And then eventually, I want to see discipled people mobilized, where we're no longer just happy raising our hands and saying amen. That's not the finish line, people. The finish line is a life that looks and, and smells and, and tastes like Jesus. It, it's been a long time, but it's happened a couple of times in my life where someone has come up to me and said, something's different about you. You've got the Holy Spirit in you. And it happened yesterday. And I remember the last time it happened and the time before that, and I thought, God, I want my life to be like that, not once every 18 to 24 months. I want my life to be like that once every 18 to 24 hours, where people can see the difference in my life. Not because I'm great. I'm not. I could be a real jerk, and I need the Holy Spirit to work on me every single day. But what would it look like if our church was just recognized for a touch of the Holy Spirit? What would it look like if if we gave sacrificially so that people could see our enthusiasm about the gift that we are giving. There are people who have chosen to sow into this ministry and they're outside our church. They don't, they don't come to church here, but they've seen what we are doing and they believe in what we are doing. And I'll just say it this way. They believe in you enough to give to this church. And I hope that encourages you this morning. Because the next thing I want you to write down is your giving causes others to give. Your giving causes others to give. When you give as a response to God's goodness and grace in your life, it challenges others to give. And I don't think there's another form of encouragement that God loves more than when his kids strive to spur each other on. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says this, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Well, do you know what good works are? Anybody? It's giving. It's serving. It's building the church. 
So in Hebrews chapter 10, which by the way, the next chapter, we're going into the, the, the hall of faith here, okay? We're setting up for that moment where there's a big reveal of everybody who's ever done something significant for the Lord and they did it out of faith, but those people all had to give something. And so he's setting this up and he's saying, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. So you gotta love people, we gotta care about people, but we've also gotta do the good work. The good work of the ministry is sacrificial giving. Sometimes that is monetary. Sometimes that is your time. Sometimes it's your gifts. Sometimes it's your comfort. There's a whole lot of different ways that that can happen. Now, there is actually, by the way, an example of the church being satisfied. And I feel like we don't, we don't ever talk about this. There's an example in Scripture where the priests had to tell the people of Israel, please stop bringing gifts. I'm the only one who thinks that's crazy. The priests had to tell the people, stop bringing your gifts. Just hang on just a minute. We've got enough right now. We've got to give all this away. We've got a clear room in the storehouse so that we have more room to bring things in, but we can't handle more gifts right now. And yet, people think that the church just wants your money. Well, the church doesn't want your money. I'll tell you this. The God that we serve, the God that started this church, the God that presides over this church, owns the cattle on a thousand hills. That means he got everything, okay? The God who can put it on someone's heart to give somewhere around $20 billion to the temple through David, the, the church doesn't need your money, but you need God's blessing in your life. And that doesn't mean exclusively financial blessing. Please hear me. I am not, I am not a, a uh, prophet, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Prosperity gospel, thank you, my goodness. I am not into this prosperity gospel stuff, okay? I don't believe that because you put a check in means God's gonna hand it back to you the next day 10 times over. But I will say this, I've never given and not received something. And sometimes it's just peace in my heart, and I'll tell you what, you can't buy peace. Sometimes it has been clarity in a relationship. Sometimes it has been a promotion at work. Sometimes it's just been favor at work. So please hear me. I'm not saying that we give to get. No, we give in response to what has already been given. We are challenging ourselves to match the gift that God himself gave. That's the end goal of the Christian life. He gave his son. He gave his life. We give ours. That's it. But David had it right when he said, who am I to give you something? It's all yours already. That's the posture that I want us to take. Not just today, but throughout our entire year, your giving encourages people to give. So let me ask you this. What if we strategized this next year about ways to give more of what we've been given? I'm not just gonna challenge you to give today. I'm going to challenge you to give every week with the same enthusiasm that I have today. Because I'll tell you what, I'm looking and we have seen growth in our church this year. We have seen growth in people's lives this year. And I'm excited about that, but we've been slacking in an area and I'm calling us all on the carpet and it starts with me. And we're going to give things away this next year. We're going to give two things. We're going to give away things. We are going to be a conduit that God can use because when we give, it challenges other people to give. 
And I don't know about you, but I love seeing my gift matched by somebody else. And don't get me wrong, I love giving to, to good projects. I love that every year Vanguard, bless their hearts, they send me a million emails asking for a gift during their giving day. I love giving to things that matter, though, more than, a, more than just my education. Education's a good thing. I'm not saying don't give to Vanguard. Give to Vanguard. That's a great thing. But let me tell you this. There is something special about giving to the house of God. And we're going to give things away this next year. We're going to give to missions. We're going to pick up a missionary. I've already talked to him. Okay? I don't know how much we're going to be able to give to him all the time, but we're going to pick up a missionary. And we are going to do more outreaches this next year because that has to happen. We cannot just be a storehouse. It says bring the tithe into the storehouse. But then that is a distribution center. Okay? We're not going to just get all fat and sassy with everything that's brought in to the storehouse. We want to give things away. We want to bless people. And if we'll strategize, I believe that God will bring a return on our investment, which is the third thing I want you to write down. There is nothing wrong with expecting a return. In fact, I'll say it this way. It's right to expect a return. Check this out in Isaiah chapter 55. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause, look at this, they cause grain to grow. There's the first blessing. They produce seed for the farmer. There's the third blessing. And bread for the hungry. He planted one seed and got three blessings out of it. Isn't that crazy? That this is the way that God works? He said, it's the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and it will prosper wherever I send it. So, then we, reading ourselves next to the scripture, believing that this is a letter written to us, have a responsibility are we going to give few seeds? Or are we going to sow generous seeds? And I'm not saying that one seed is one dollar. I'm not saying that one seed is one gift. I'm just saying, is our lifestyle planting just a few seeds? Is the way that we're conducting our church planting just a few seeds? Because if we'll plant a few seeds, we'll get a little bit of a return. That's kind of fun. Okay? Some of us have, does anybody have a plant at home? You, okay, yeah, cool. People have plants. So um, I, I propagated a plant uh, a couple of months ago, which means I cut a branch off and planted it in another thing. And this plant was dying. I mean, we thought it was dead. And I thought, well, I see one green thing. And so I'm going to cut that off and I'm going to plant it again. And now this thing is like getting really long. And I love watching this thing grow. And, and I don't know why, because I really have absolutely nothing to do with its return on my investment of time the 30 seconds that it took to cut and plant this thing back. But I, I look at it every day and I'm like, I did that. Like, I started that. I don't cause it to grow, but I, I, I started it. Well, you know what? 25 years ago, I filled that thing up with nickels. And now I can see God's faithfulness over time and th thought, oh, I got to start that. And I don't think that's wrong to think that way because 
the scripture tells us that we are co-laborers with Christ. We get to work with him. And if we're enthusiastic, it means we're in the same spirit as. So I think it's okay to expect a return. Don't expect an amount, but expect a return. There's a difference. If you will expect an amount, you will be disappointed. Because you know what? Every time that I have set a financial goal for myself, every time I reach it, I kind of feel let down. Like, oh, I want to save for this. I want to save this much money, and then I'm going to be good. Well, I get to that point, and I'm like, ugh, it doesn't feel like I thought it would. And then I'll go to the next thing, and oh, I want to save for this. And, well, that doesn't feel as good either. But when I give, I don't know, I get excited. I was, I was up at like 12.30 this morning, reading my notes, and I was sitting in my chair and just thinking, I'm excited to give. I'm excited because I'm expecting a return. I'm enthusiastic about my gift, and I hope that my giving in this offering today encourages you to give. I'm not trying to, to uh, extort anybody, but what I am saying is this. When we give together, we can go a lot further. Okay? I believe that we are called to a lifestyle of generosity. But then as we see in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6 says, where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. I want my heart to be with the kingdom. So this is not an obligation today. This is a free will gift that we are giving. Some of us are sacrificing. That means the amount might actually scare us, but the joy outweighs the fear. The return outweighs the investment. That's how you know it's a good investment, by the way. If you're investing and you're not getting more than what you put in back, you need to <laughs> redo some things in your life. Go talk to Kevin. He's pretty good at it, so you can, you can chat with him later. The kingdom, the coming kingdom, outweighs what we're living in right now. 2 Kings chapter 12 says this, One day Joash said to the priest, Collect all the money brought as a sacred offering to the Lord's temple, whether it's a regular assessment, a payment of vows, or a voluntary gift. Those whose hearts were in the house had a heart for the house. Those of us who are here have a heart for this place. Those of us who are serving have a heart for this ministry. In fact, it's really cool uh, to look around and see, man, Jaden, you weren't even with us four months ago. And here you are serving. You've got a heart for this house because you came and you felt like, man, this is a place where I can grow and God can speak. Same thing is true for Mandy, who hosted the lobby this morning. It's so cool to see people step out in gifts, to see people take a step of faith. Last year, we took up the multiplied offering and, and we've seen some great things happen directly because of the money's given in that offering. And I'm excited to look back at this offering next year to see what God has done. But just so you know, in 2021, we've seen 25 people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior in this church. 
we've seen 10 people baptized in water. They took a step of faith and, and were baptized in water. We've seen five children dedicated. We've seen families that were served in our church and in our community. We've seen new people and families who have chosen to call Legacy Church their home. And our church has grown. And I believe it is tied directly back to the multiplied offering. Because we've been able to strategically spend money to bring people into the kingdom of God. In fact, this last week we got to, we got to help uh, a family who needed some, some things in their house. And I called our CFO and I said, hey, I want to take some of the money from the expansion offering last year and spend it on this family. And he goes, man, how cool is that? That you guys have a, a reserve set up that you can bless people when it's needed. And I said, oh, it's, it's amazing. In fact, we're excited to give towards it again this weekend. Hey, Brittany, would you join me on, on stage here? Normally we take up our offering at the beginning of the service, but we've saved it until now because this, this offering isn't going to pay salaries or pay bills. This offering is going towards growing this church. Come here, bud. You can join us too. Because <laughs> I'll tell you what, I want, I want him to be generous. I'm going to sow a seed in front of my son today so that he can see it. I'm going to expect a return in front of you so that we can all see it. This, this offering, we are going to ask something of you. In fact, we're going to ask that you give whatever God has put on your heart. We've been praying for weeks that, that God would put some number on each one of our hearts, and I pray that you would partner with us. In fact, we're going to put up on the screen uh, a QR code, and if you want to give online, you can scan that. If you want to give in person, there's envelopes on the seat next to you. You can give that way. But then I would love it if we could do this. Last year, we had everybody stand to their feet and, and come forward, and I realized that the trend in giving now is much more heavily online-based. And so I would love it if you'd stand to your feet with us. If you're looking for a way to give, you just need to know you can scan that. Uh, you can give online at legacychurch.online slash give, those of you who are partnering with us online. I want you to know that we said this last year, and we'll say it every year that we do this. Brittany and I will go first. We're going to lead the way. We're going to sacrificially sow so that people come to know Jesus. We're going to sacrifice everything that we have for people to come to know Jesus. We'll sacrifice everything that we have to pastor you the best we possibly can. And so I want to pray over this offering. Can I have you guys step forward with me? Come on, buddy. I want to pray over this offering, but I want you to know God's going to bless us because of our obedience. God's going to bless us because of our faith. And I'm believing that God's going to do something powerful in our church. Would you bow your heads for just a second? Father, we give you this offering with such excitement. It's coming from our hearts. It's coming from a place of expectation that, God, you're going to do incredible things in the next year to come. But, Father, we're giving now so that you know whether you do them or not, we're in it. <laughs> we want to see you move 
in this church. Father, I'm praying that next year we will see more people come to know Christ. That next year we'll see more people baptized in water. That we'll see more people baptized in the Holy Spirit. That we'll see more children dedicated in our church. That we'll see more impact in our communities, Father. God, I'm praying that you would give us the, the expansion of influence that we are seeking. Not for numbers in a church, but for influence in a city. God, we love you and we praise you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. Leave a comment and rate this podcast, but make sure to give us five stars. In the description, you can find the website, the socials, and all that good stuff. Special thanks to those who give generously. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. If you'd like to partner with us, you can click the link in the description below. Join us live on Sundays, either in person or on YouTube or Facebook, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.